I'm going to talk about how uh, life has a tendency of sending situations that knock us sideways. Uh, but we don't need to lose our awesomeness in the process. All right? I don't know if awesomeness is a word, but when I was thinking about you guys, that was the word that came to my mind. Uh, when you guys get broadsided... You don't need to lose your awesomeness. And, and here's the reality. There are certain things that, uh, that kind of pull the rug out from underneath us. There's uh, all of a sudden you find out somebody you deeply care about, a friend uh, said something mean about you, they talked behind your back, and, and that hurts. Um, but that's just getting knocked sideways. But we don't need to lose our awesomeness over that. Sometimes our emotions are just kind of crashed down. Uh, I can go to sleep and think to myself, man, that was a good day. Wake up at two o'clock in the morning, eat the entire cake that was left on the counter. Uh, I have a weakness for cream cheese frosting. Is there anyone with me on that? Uh, I don't even need the cake. The cake is just what the frosting needs to get into my mouth. In fact, I just eat only the frosting. Is there anyone with me on that? You don't need the cake. I don't need the cake. I don't care if it's chocolate cake, if it's vanilla cake. I don't need the cake. I'm a frosting guy. How many of you are cake people? You could live without the frosting. See, I, thank goodness we both have Jesus in common because I don't... I don't understand that. I don't understand. I don't need the cake. If it's cream cheese, that's all I need. But if you wake up in the middle of the night and you pound the cream cheese, by the way, if you put cream cheese on a brownie, that's just like, forget about it. But, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you pound it and then you lay down sideways and you wake up feeling like there's a bomb exploded in your stomach. And um, I don't know what happened, but uh, as I've, I've gotten a, a little bit older, I used to be able to drink regular coffee and eat any time of the night and sleep like a baby. Now, if I drink coffee past seven... I won't go back to sleep until 7 tomorrow morning. If I eat after 7, the food is like right here. Are you with me, anyone? It's like right here. And I swallow it for five hours. And then I blame my wife. I'm like, you don't even love me. You saw what I was doing to myself and you didn't stop me. You don't even love me. That's, that's the problem we have in this marriage. Uh, you get knocked sideways in, in situations like that. Here, here's a, a, have you ever uh, injured yourself getting out of bed? <laughs> now, some of you are just like, you know, in like late 19, 17, you have no idea you can bounce out of bed. But I, I'm not that old. I'm only uh, 36. But when I stand up, my body talks back to me. Clack, 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 clack. <laughs> or right here, this knee. Clack, clack, clack. And I walk around for about 20 minutes. Clack, 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 clack. I got to warm it up. Anyone got to warm? Got to warm your body up. All right, we're, we're, we're done sleeping. Time to start moving. Clack, clack, clack. Is anyone here? Am I by myself? You guys are making me feel awkward. Am I right? There you go. Th thank you. Get, get your husband's hand up. Get John's hand up. Deborah, are you with me, Deborah? Does, it, do, does your elbow just kind of... How many of you know when it's about to rain? 
There we go. Now we go. It's like, oh, here comes a storm. <laughs> My elbow's hurting. Here comes a storm. All right. You know, I'm going to start going a little bit too far on this example. But, you know, uh, when, you, when you hurt yourself, you kind of get knocked sideways. Um, you know, it stinks when you hurt yourself when you're working out. Here I am trying to make myself better and I hurt myself. I hurt myself last summer running. Here I am trying to be a good boy, run and exercise. I hurt myself. Um, But there's just things that happen. You apply for a job, don't get the job, or you get fired. Um, I I just realized, you ever all of a sudden realize you had a dream? I, I had a dream last night that I wasn't working here. I don't know where I was working. I was working like for a plant or something, and, and the plant fired me. It was the weirdest dream, and I just remembered it just now. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, getting fired, you know why I have dreams like those? I've been fired 19 times. I'm not kidding. For between the ages of 17 and 19, I worked at every single restaurant you can think of. Carabas, Chili's, Bennigan's, all of them. I've worked at all of them. My brother's laughing back there because I had all, I used to have a Honda hatchback. I'd open it up and all the aprons would be back there. I've taken all the menu tests. I cheated on the Chili's menu test. Some of you don't know that you have to take a menu test in order to work at a lot of these restaurants. And and I I failed the first time. They said, you can take it one more time. So I brought it home to study, gave it to my friend, told him to go into the bathroom while I'm taking the test. I'm going to use the bathroom. We're going to switch tests. And so I ended up getting an A. But the problem is, (laughs) surprise, surprise, the the problem is, is that all the, I don't know if it still happens, but at Chili's in those days, all the waiters had to make their own salads. Well, because I cheated on the test, I didn't know how to make any of the salads. And Chili's only has like 12 salads. And I'm like, I think we're going to put tomatoes on this one. (laughs) I have no idea. You know, we're going to have a quesadilla explosion on that one. (laughs) And uh, I ended up getting fired from that place. I've been fired, so, so I still have these dreams of getting fired. But when you do get fired, I don't know if you've ever been fired, but you get knocked sideways. It's just like, bam. But uh, we don't need to lose our awesomeness just because we got knocked sideways. It's a stinky moment. It's a stinky meeting. It's a stinky... Inc- no. We're not going to be temporarily awesome. You know what I mean? Some of you are still trying to digest you being awesome. I can see it. You know, it's like, I'm not as awesome as what you think I am. I'm really not that awesome. Yeah, you are. You are. I don't want to change the tone. There you go. Give each other a high five. Yeah, you're awesome. Uh, but we're not going to have this temporary awesomeness. One of the most awesome guys in the entire Bible was David, King David. He, he is just the man. Uh, as a boy, he fought a lion. Uh, he fought a bear, won both times. Had he lost the first one, he wouldn't have even had a shot at the second one. <laughs> Maybe I need to pray again. Uh, he fought Goliath. Uh, this, this young man was the man. Uh, and then all of a sudden something really crazy happened. It was about as bad as bad can get. Uh, his son decides, I'm going to be the king and I'm going to take over. You're out. I'm in. 
And uh, that was not good. And, and as I read this story, at the pinnacle of bad, David remains awesome. And if there's one thing that I'm going to try to talk about today is I refuse, and I think we all should refuse, to allow Satan to take away our joy and take away our smile just because he's thrown us a curveball that we didn't expect. And, and that's the premise. If, if you're like, I oh, mean, I can't digest the word awesome. Well, I'm going to say it until you can digest it. But if you need a, a different, uh, a different verbiage, that's what I'm talking about. He can throw whatever snowballs he wants to at us. He can throw whatever grenades he wants to at us. But we cannot be the people that were temporarily victorious. And then we act like we're getting our can kicked the rest of the time. Do you know what I'm saying? We're always victorious. We just don't always feel like it. I think we just had that awesome moment again. (laughs) Who's victorious? (laughs) All right, let me dive right into it. Are you guys ready? Say, I'm awesome. awesome. Say, God made me awesome. I have an awesome God. The devil's not awesome. (laughs) If you're a guest here, come back. I promise it'll be better. (laughs) Second Samuel chapter 16, verse five, as King David came to Beerum, a man, watch this. Where do these people come from? A man came out of the village cursing them. So here, here David is leaving Israel, because his son wants to take over. He's got two options. I either kill my son or I just give him the kingdom. He's like, I'm not going to kill my son. I'll just give it to him. So he's leaving. All of a sudden, out of the clear blue, this moron. You ever notice how morons come out of nowhere? It's like, where'd you come from? I didn't even get a warning that a moron. You ought to have an alarm for morons. Like something on your keychain goes beep, 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 moron coming. (laughs) It it was Shamel. Shamel was the moron, son of Gerer. Gera. Gera. (laughs) You guys take a guess. I don't know. From the same clan as Saul's family. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we know where this moron came from. He came from Saul's family. Saul was the king before David was the king. And when David started getting popular, Saul decided, I'm going to kill David so he doesn't take my throne. But Saul ended up dying in in a war. And so David ended up taking over. So somewhere in the family tree, Saul's family tree, is this guy named I practiced it before I got up here. I want you to know. Shimei. Thank you. Shimei sound good? We're going with Shimei. What do you think? Now you guys are Shamika and everything else. (laughs) All right, here we go. He's going to be Shimei. Shamel. There's no L in there. 
Shemai. <laughs> Pastor James, what's the guy's name? Shimei. There we go. Shimei. From the same clan as Saul's family. Watch this. Not only is he cursing David, so David is leaving his own kingdom. He's depressed. He's down. He's just been betrayed by his own son. He's sitting on a horse with a few of his men riding out of town. This guy comes out of nowhere, out of the bushes, and starts cussing him out. You blank, blank, blank. You blank, 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 blank. It's not fun when people cuss at you. Thank you for coming, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the service tonight. So not only is he cussing at him. Now watch this. This guy, he loses his mind. He starts throwing stones. He threw stones at the king. And the king's officers. All the mighty warriors who surrounded him. Are you guys getting this? You're a jerk. I'm going to give you the PG version. You're a jerk. Your mama is so, and you know, and he probably threw in mama jokes, I'm sure. He's throwing rocks at him. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Verse 7. Get out of here, you murderer. You scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last, you will taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer. Where do these guys come from? Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king, Abashai, son of Zerah, Demanded, let me go over there and cut off his head. That's anyone don't we all need at least one friend like that. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, you know what? I got this. I I got this. You just I got this. That we all need a friend like that, don't we? Let me go over there and cut off his head. No, the king said. Now realize the king and all of his warriors. They have a season, a fighting season. The Bible says, and this is when he got mixed up with a girl named Bathsheba. During the season of war, when the men went off to war, David stayed back. And when he stayed back, he ended up getting tangled up with this girl named Bathsheba who was married. It was a bad situation. But what do we get out of that? There's a season of war. And then there's a season where there's not war. These gentlemen were used to fighting. So David's saying, hey, no, don't go chop his head off. Don't, don't do that. Just, just hold on. No, the king said. Who asked your opinion, you sons of Zerah? If the Lord has told him to curse me. This is so important. If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? Then David said to Abashai and to all his servants, My own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't, doesn't this relative of Saul have even 
more reason to do so. Leave him alone and let him curse. For the Lord has told him to do it. And perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wronged and will bless me because of these curses today. So David and his men continued down the road and Shimei kept pace with them on a nearby hillside cursing and throwing stones and dirt at David. There's four ways to remain awesome. Number one is recognition. To recognize the difference between discipline and warfare. You know, we could often make the mistake of calling every bad thing that happens to us the devil. Red light, devil. Snowstone, devil. Rain's too hard, devil. Wrong boss, devil. Have you ever met anybody that just blames everything on the devil? Devil this, devil that. I remember Pastor Joel Osteen told a story one time. I'll never forget it. It was the funniest story I've ever heard. And, and he made such a great point. He was on I-10 going west. And he was in a rush. And all of a sudden, traffic just backed up. Back, 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 back. If you don't know who Joel Osteen is, he's the pastor of Lakewood Church, one of the largest churches in the country, if not the largest church. But it's called Lakewood Church. And so he's sitting in his car and it's... He's running late for the meeting now. And he starts saying, Satan, I know that you're in this. I rebuke you, Satan. You get out of this traffic. You get out of my life. I rebuke you, Satan. Get out, get out, get out, get out. Finally, he gets up to find out what was happening. And there was this poor lady whose car broke down and on the bumper it had a bumper sticker that said Lakewood Church. You know, not everything is the devil. Sometimes we give that knucklehead more credit than he deserves. Sometimes, just like David said, hey, this isn't the devil at all. This is the Lord. And if you're taking notes, write this down. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that the Lord disciplines those he loves. And so the Lord looks at us and he sees, this is my boy, this is my daughter. I love them. They're awesome. But they got this one little thing about their personality. We just need to just rub that right off. It's kind of like on the potter's wheel. There's a little lump and we're going to take that off. And so we're going to just kind of shove that off. And, And if we are going to be able to be people that just can ride through a rough patch or ride through a storm or it's a tough meeting, but we're not all of a sudden going to go in the dumps going to stay up we got to build this gift and we got to ask God to help us Lord is this you trying to work on me or is this the devil trying to come against me now how do we know the difference is this the devil and I and if it's the devil I'm about to pray down some rain but Lord if this is you How do I know the difference? Here's the question. Is there anything I can learn from this? Is there anything I can learn? Sometimes I'll find myself in meetings. I'll find myself in a situation. 
and I'll back up and I'll go, man, I don't know what's happening. This is a day. I feel like I'm being dragged sideways. I'll back up and say, well, is there anything I can learn here? Am I being kind of prideful? Am I being kind of arrogant? You know what's scary about pride? You know what's scary about self-righteousness? Self-righteousness is when you think you're always right. The more you have of it, the less you think you have. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever seen somebody, it's clearly they struggle with pride, but they don't think they do. It's the only sin of the, on the whole list of sins in hell. It's the only one that you don't know you have it when you have it. Does that make sense? Like, let's just say, uh, I'm just going to make up some boy. Uh, guy is, is addicted to pornography. Well, he knows he is. <laughs> it's not like he doesn't know. Let's say someone has a lying problem. Someone has a stealing problem. Someone has a murdering problem. Whatever. It's not like they don't know. Whatever sin there is, it's like, you know you got it when you got it. Except for self-righteousness, because you always think you're right. And when you're dealing with someone who always thinks they're right, God will come in and say, I love you, but you're not always right. You don't, I'm going to put you in this situation and you're going to realize, wow, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Are you with me? So that's number one, to recognize, hey, what's going on here? Number two, everyone say number two. Everyone say dose. Huh? Huh? That means two. Roots. To look at the roots of a person before you receive their fruit. Now, in Proverbs 18, verse 20, it says this From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. That's saying that people's words are fruit. And so, when we hear their words, without realizing or not, you begin to eat their fruit. Now, is that, if, if someone says something mean to you, don't you feel like sick to your stomach? Does that make sense? When somebody says something nice to you, don't you feel strengthened? Words are fruit. And before you accept somebody's fruit, because here this guy is throwing his fruit, his words at David. David's choosing, I'm not going to take it. Determine, and, and this has been revelatory in my life. Are they on my team or not? Are they on my team? Because if they're not on your team, you don't care what they say. If they're on your team, even if you don't like what they're saying, you can go ahead and receive what they're saying. Let me give you an example. There used to be a guy in our church named Chris Arthy. Many of you guys know who he is. But he used to be on our business team at the church. I, when I talk to him, I know he's on my team. 
He's on my team. What does that mean? He believes in me. He wants me to win. He wants me to do good. If I trip on my way up to the stage, he's going to go, that was the best trip I've ever seen. Are you with me? It's like, I'm on your team. I want this church to do good. I want everything. And you know, and so, but, but, if there was something that he felt I was doing wrong or something I could do better, he was not shy about telling me. And that baton has been passed now that he's moved away. And you know what? For everybody that I look at and I know they're on my team, I was at the Black Walnut last Wednesday with a good friend of mine. He's in this room. He's on my team. He loves this church. He loves Celebration Church. Gave me a suggestion. Hmm. You're seeing things not the way I saw things. But he's on my team. Take the words. Chew on it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. But if they're not on your team, blah, 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 blah. Now you can't do that. You can just do this. <laughs> now there will be a little voice inside of you. David heard the voice outside of him, but it'll be on the inside of you. Should I chop their head off? <laughs> that, that's, that, should I just chop their head off? They're not on my team. They're not for me. This is how we remain awesome in a tough conversation. We instantly, are you on my team or are you not on my team? Are you for me or are you against me? And you can decide in a nanosecond. Do you love me or do you not love me? Okay, this person loves me. Now, I don't like what they have to say, but they love me. I'm going I'm to receive it. If they don't love you, Now, you don't have to tell them, you ain't on my team. You don't have to do all that. Just wait for them to finish. Thank you. Now, that voice that says, chop their head off. You say back to that voice in your head. You say, man, there's a lot of voices going on in your head, Frankie. Welcome to my world. You say back to that voice, no, I'm not going to chop their head off. I'm not going to rip them up. I'm not going to shout at them. I'm not going to punch them in the nose. I'm not going to give them a piece of my mind because hopefully God is seeing what's happening. Are you with me? Hopefully he's seeing what's happening. He's seeing that I'm not retaliating and he's going to take care of me. Someone say, I got that. That's how we remain awesome and not temporarily awesome. You don't want to be awesome in the morning and not awesome in the afternoon. Are you with me? Everyone say number three. Rewards. Strive for the greater win. If you were to rip into him, let's say David's like riding a horse. The guy starts cussing him out, throwing rocks at him. He says, all right, all right, go, go chop his head off. All right, so that's a win. The guy's dead. There's that moment when you get back in the car and I won that cop, put them where they belong. But, and that's your win. If that's the win you want, then go ahead and get it. Or you can keep your awesomeness and not go down to that level, stay above it, and 
postpone the bigger win. Do you see what I mean? To whom much is given, much is required. You almost want to show God, I can handle this kind of pressure so you can trust me with more. Do you see what I mean? I I can handle this kind of pressure. Uh, In in sports, if you're going to choke in the fourth quarter, guess what? Coach isn't putting you in in the fourth quarter anymore. You're done in the fourth quarter. But if you can prove to him that you can handle the pressure when the fourth quarter comes around, he'll put you in. In real life, you back up and you say, God, you see this? I I hope that I'm a little bit better at handling this than I was when I was 19 or 20. Lord, watch this. I'm only going to live once. And I want you to give me as much responsibility as you want to. And I'll handle it. And I'll do my best. So you can postpone your win. And your win can be, that's my son. You know, I just had a thought. Jesus was hanging on the cross. And he looks down and he sees his mother. And he looks next to his mother and he sees John. Now the pressure was on whenever they arrested Jesus. The pressure was so intense because all the disciples, they thought they were going to arrest them too. And so a lot of them just ran away. And Peter denied even knowing Christ. He looks down and he sees John. And John was a faithful faithful disciple and he looks at John and he says you've been so faithful I'm going to give you another responsibility before I die will you take care of my mom he expanded his role what win do you want do you want this win or do you want a greater win this is how we remain awesome Are you with me? Last and final point is point number four. Refusal. Refuse to let anything steal your praise. Refuse, just refuse. In Romans chapter 12, verse 21, it says, Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. What does that mean? Have you ever, um, have you, um, I don't know how to say this, um, I'll say it the way I heard it, how about that, I heard this preacher preaching one time, he's a preacher I highly esteem, and he got himself in a hairy situation, and a guy was yelling at him and cursing at him, and, and he said to the guy, he goes, look man, I haven't been saved that long. <laughs> now he's been saved for like 20 years. Because I haven't been saved that long. I, I still remember how to act like a fool. Don't make me act like a fool. You know, it's almost like when evil comes against us, it's almost like we're tempted to respond 
in the same way that we've been attacked. Does that make sense? Oh, you want to yell? Oh, you want to yell? Oh, okay, you want to yell? I can yell, I can yell. Oh, you want to be crazy? I can be crazy. I can, be, I can get real crazy. I can get crazy. I'll, I'll take my shoe off and get crazy. I'll get crazy. Oh, you want to get I can get crazy. Oh, you want to talk bad about people? I can talk bad about people too. I can talk, we can all talk bad about people. We all live in glass houses and guess what? I got a pile of rocks right here. How do we overcome evil? You know, the enemy is just waiting to see if we can be baited into acting like one of his followers instead of one of God's followers. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to win this battle fighting the way you fight. I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to win this season. Listen to me. Whatever season you're in, you're going to win this season with God. You're going to win it with Him. You're going to win it with Him. Can you hear me say that? You're going to win it with Him. I know when we get knocked sideways, I know it's hard, but you're going to win it with Him. You know, it's very frustrating, very frustrating when you can't get somebody to respond in the emotional way that is wanted. You just say, I'm going to worship my way through this. I'm going to pray my way through this. 